Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, my friends. We will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. We'll be right back to today's show, but before we do, I want to let you know that you can get a free copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, when you leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, either on desktop or on your phone. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, look up Think Unbroken, click follow in the top right, and then go and leave a review at the bottom. And when you leave that review, screenshot it and send it over to book.thinkunbroken.com where you can upload your contact and mailing information and we will send you a free copy of this award-winning best-selling book, absolutely free, including shipping. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to upload your screenshot review from Apple Podcasts for the Think Unbroken podcast. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. I'll see ya.
Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. Very excited to be back with you with another episode with my guest, entrepreneur Jonathan Kendall. Jonathan, my friend, how are you today? I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Dude, it's my pleasure. I'm, I'm super excited to get in this conversation with you today. For those who don't know about you, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, I like to begin with the end in mind. So right now I own a few companies. One is an outsourced digital marketing agency. So we have over 100 clients, uh, over 400 employees kind of scattered around the world. And so we do everything from paid ads to funnel building and e-commerce and customer support and anything to do with the online digital marketing space. I also own a company called DealRaise. We help uh, startups raise capital. So we've raised over $100 million for startups and entrepreneurs. And then I also own a company called Lead Nurture, which is a full service uh, backend system for events and coaches and it's basically an advanced CRM. And so how I got there, I grew up in Ohio originally, uh, and uh, learned a lot about uh, speech and debate when I was in high school. So I got obsessed with arguments and uh, copywriting and content writing and storytelling and a lot of that from speech and debate. I studied philosophy at the University of Michigan. Uh, after that, I worked for a series of failed startups, uh, typically, and then uh, wanted to be a novelist in my 20s and so I had a published uh, novel from a press in Portland, Oregon, and lived there for a while, and then uh, transitioned into copywriting. Copywriting transitioned into San Francisco startup world again in digital marketing, and uh, worked for a guy named Alex Mayer, who started a company called Zeusk, sold that company for $300 million. It was one of the top dating sites in the world, and so really had an incredible mentor uh, under him, mentored under him for a couple of years, became the CEO of a company called MentorBox. So we had over 200,000 subscribers and over 300 courses. We worked with New York Times bestselling authors and Nobel Prize winners and Pulitzer Prize winners. So my job was basically to read books and interview super, uh, super smart people and, and learn from the best. And then I eventually transitioned into starting my own companies. So that's my, my quick journey. 
We'll be right back to the show, my friend, but I wanted to let you know about our brand new podcast community for Think Unbroken Podcast. I know that for so many trauma survivors like myself, for the longest time, I felt alone, like nobody got it, nobody understood, and that I was just going to have to figure this out on my own. But that's not true. And the reason why we created our brand new Think Unbroken Academy podcast community is so that we can bring all the members of the Unbroken Nation together in a place where we can learn, grow, heal, change, and transform our trauma into triumph. I would love to have you come and be a part of the brand new community. Just check out thinkunbrokenacademy.com or click the link in the podcast description. And I cannot wait to see you there, my friend. Again, just head over to thinkunbrokenacademy.com. And until then, be unbroken. Dude, that, that's a lot of hats, man. You know, I, I think one of the things that, that caught my attention, one, I mean, to sit and read books and interview people, talk about dream job, right? Um, but not to mention for those not watching on YouTube right now, uh, there's a ton of books behind Jonathan. You know, I, I think about these journeys and, and you know, we live in a such a different world where people are not just trapped and tied into this idea of, okay, you go get this job, you work it forever, you die. Right. And, and I think that the more people get into creating a lifestyle that they want to live, it, it seems very difficult right now, probably more so than ever to kind of figure out where to begin in this process, because people have these ideas they are like, I want to do this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And we become masters of none, right, for lack of a better way to phrase it for for folks who are like in this journey and, you know, maybe they've overcome some struggles. They had some failures. Like, I love that you said you failed a bunch of startups because me too. Um, and I think that creates a lot of resiliency, but, but for those who are like, okay, I'm, I'm in this place. I want to try one experiment. Gosh, this guy's done so many things. Like, like, where do they start? I think it all starts with self-awareness, uh, belief, and also understanding that it's okay to fail. It's okay to, for it to take a lot longer than you think it's going to take. And as long as you have the right process goals, the right habits, and you're taking it day by day, eventually you'll get somewhere, you know, if you believe in God or the universe or destiny or whatever it may be, I, I believe that everyone has a purpose and that slowly but surely, if they diligently do the right things every day, or at least try to with a, a clear heart that eventually they'll get to where they need to be. But I think to be tactical, uh, there are, there's a great lesson from good to great by Jim Collins, which is a book about, uh, all the greatest companies. And he has this idea of, uh, a hedgehog and he says a hedgehog is very particular and just like a great business, there's something that you have that a lot of people don't have a unique value proposition, if you will. And he says that it should be three Venn diagrams and the overlap in between these Venn diagrams. And so one is something that you have a shot at being potentially world-class at. Uh, so something that you might be sort of talented in. Cal Newport in his book, So Good They Can't Ignore You, he says, when you're looking for the thing that you're very talented in, you may want to notice what people ask you for advice about or what people ask you for help with. This is usually something that you're probably pretty good at. So something that you're naturally talented in, you combine that with something that the world needs. So a lot of artists get this wrong where they think that art is about self-expression. 
when in fact, I believe that the product of art, uh, you are helping someone transport themselves into another emotion very quickly, or, or maybe they can think a certain way or feel a certain way. Music does this most obviously. You, are, you still are, are producing uh, a change in their life. So you're still solving a problem for them. And it's not really as much about, as much as you want to be, oh, I'm just going to express myself at some point. If you want to make money in the real world, you have to solve some other people's problems. And so does the world need it basically is the, the secondary question. Um, and then is the timing right, right, for, for the market right now? And so if you're doing something that's a little bit more uh, first principles or something that everyone would need like sales or uh, like helping people with consulting or, or something like that, then obviously that will work across all times. Whereas if you're hyper-specific of a certain type of code for blockchain right now, then you, know, you may only have a certain amount of time to, to be able to really take advantage of that. But anyways, these, these three circles, just being self-aware, what am I good at? What does the world need? And uh, you know, is it the, the right time? And then once you have that, it, I would recommend journaling about it, reading about it, you're really thinking about it deeply, then just start trying. And a lot of people will fail before they begin because they don't begin because they're trying to protect their, their ego or they're worried about being judged or they're worried about the, the first hundred hours of trying something new. And uh, I always tell my team, I say, listen, if, if you don't know how to do something and you think that you're going to be really good at it right away, you're sort of delusional. You would never think that you, if I said, Hey, I'm going to, I know I've never played a guitar ever, but I'm going to start playing the guitar because this is a pivot that I want to make in my life or a hobby that I want to take up uh, to clear my mind. And after five hours of playing, I was frustrated and I quit and I threw the guitar against the wall because I'm not good. It's like, okay, well, Jonathan, calm down a little bit. This is uh you're, you're not that much of a snowflake. Uh, you're not that unique, right? There, everyone has to go through the, the hard part of practicing something. So just knowing in advance that it's okay to fail. And then I would also say that if you're around people, this is why your inner circle matters so much. If you're around people that you can't say this out loud, hey, here's this thing I'm going to try and they don't support you and know that you're going to be bad at it along the way and support you nonetheless, then it's very difficult to put yourself out there and try these new things and, and find yourself and, and find your career, find your past and find your passion and find your, your, your point of mastery. If along the way you're getting doubt from a lot of people. So, uh, there's, there's a lot there, but tactical summary is choose something that you have a potential to be good at, that the world needs, that the world needs right now, believe in yourself, know that you're going to fail along the way. And also, uh, be around people that will support you while you're failing. Yeah. And, and that feels to me like the, the theory of everything. Right. And, <laughs> and I think more importantly, and, and I would argue now more than ever is really taking inventory about the people who are in your life. And, you know, every podcast, every person ever has said that, but I, I think it's so true because one person's limiting beliefs is a reflection of their own experience that you could find yourself trapped in. And I think that's a really dangerous game to play when you're trying to create a life and the people around you are being either nonchalant or vindictive or they don't care. And, and 
you need to be around people who are going to prop you up, who are going to bring you up, who are going to say, yes, I believe that you can do it. But, you know, even with that, Jonathan, I think still a lot of people don't believe. And so I actually want to rewind to that rewind that, excuse me, to, to where you kind of started. And you said, you know, you, you have to believe. And I, I fear that so many people just do not because of a, the society we live in, maybe the status of the environment they grew up in, maybe abuse or mental health ailments or whatever it may be, where, and if there are, what would it look like to create belief in a practical way in someone's life? Yeah, this is very, very smart to point that out because before you begin, if you don't believe you will never start, which is why the first chapter of Thinking Grow Rich, which is one of the you know, godfather texts of the self-development industry. Chapter one is about belief. You have to first believe before you have in chapter two, your burning desire, which is your goal. And if you don't have the belief, you're never going to be, you're never going to be honest about what your real goal is because you're limiting yourself before you even started. And I, in terms of answering your specific question, how to be practical about it, I think there's a few things. One is look to people that are like you, uh, that have you know maybe come from a similar circumstance as you and that did accomplish whatever around what you want to accomplish, right? Or if they're not uh, from the same you know, geographic location, maybe they have a similar circumstance or a similar background. And this is just being proactive about your inner circle. So you know, using social media in the way that it could be used, which could be incredibly powerful where you're searching the appropriate hashtags and you're searching the appropriate YouTube channels. You know, what your, your home screen on YouTube says a lot about yourself and mm, what, powerful. What, what ads you're getting on Instagram says a lot about yourself. And not to say this in a, in a braggadocious way, but my YouTube is full of great podcasts and lectures and courses and people that I admire. And so I'm constantly brainwashing myself over and when I go on Instagram, I learn something every 20 seconds. I'm learning something new on Instagram because I'm militant about who I'm following and who I'm not following. And so my point is that you can find a community of people if you're on purpose about it. So if you start with, I have the problem that I don't necessarily believe in myself, how do I solve that problem? Well, step one, let me get around some people who are like me or who have similar stories from me that will inspire me and will be able to speak my language so that I can connect with them and on a daily basis understand that, yeah, uh, I can do it because they did it too. I would say also a second practical point is to start smaller. So uh, James Clear in Atomic Habits, he says, if you want to start running, the first thing to do is to make it easy. So prepare your shoes, your running shoes at the base of your bed in the morning and put your, your running outfit on the base of your bed. And he says, even if you just put that on, <laughs> put your shoes on, that is a win. And go outside and walk and just touch the door or touch the end of the street and come back. That's a win. So basically think smaller. It doesn't, if you want to change the world and you know, be, have a $10 million a year company or whatever your goals are, that's fine. But start with, can I make, uh, can I change my Instagram account to include one product in my Instagram store? <laughs> that's step one, right? Or can I build 
one Shopify store with one product in it. That's maybe the, the very base thing. Or can I come up with a product offering? Or could I ask my boss for some feedback so that I can improve or whatever it may be, just something very, very simple and lower your, your bar. And uh, that will allow you to start believing in the little things, which will allow you to believe in medium things, which will allow you to believe in, in, in bigger things. Um, and then I would also say, ask, self-reflect, whether it's through therapy or, or journaling about times in your life when you had doubts about your abilities and you won anyways. And if you can hold on to those as a home base and you can say, well, have I thought of this before? Have I had this type of doubt? Did I not believe in myself before? Has that ever happened? Yeah, I can remember when I was in third grade or I can remember in high school, I can remember when I was whatever. And I, I doubted it. I didn't believe in myself, but I tried anyways and I did win. And so now if you can, if you did it then, then you can do it again. So I think those are three practical ways to start believing. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And, and as you said that, I was reflecting on like, what does my YouTube look like? And it's exactly like what you just laid out. It's these amazing lectures and phenomenal podcasts and education and courses. But it used to be like, I don't know, dudes farting on each other and stupid shit like that. You know what I mean? And and it was really funny because it's this like transition where you have to, you used a word that I love. And, and I want to go deeper into this word because I don't think it's actually talked about enough in personal development and mental health and business and anything you talked about doing things on purpose how do you figure that out like how do you know okay this is the thing i need to do on purpose this is how i need to show up in my life these are the things that matter to me on purpose this makes sense but like what does it actually mean um what does that look like because i love that word and i think you just really hit the nail right on the fucking head man yeah, I have this conversation with a lot of my team where I'll ask them a simple question. Did you Google this first? <laughs> Which is such a simple, it's, it sounds condescending. And sometimes I, I mean it to be curt, where I'm, I'm making a point. I said, did you Google you know, the top 10 steps to making sure a podcast goes well? Right. Let's say if we're launching a podcast or did, if we're having an event for some of our students, uh, 20 things to remember when you're having an in-person event. Like, did you Google that? Right. And a lot of the times the answer is no. And the world is conspiring to solve your problems in the easiest way that they've ever been organized in the history of humanity <laughs> right now. Right. There's a competition. A it's seriously, there's a competition right now for free and paid to solve all of your problems as quickly and efficiently as possible right now. And so if you have a goal, just as simple as it sounds, I asked my team this, did you read the first 20 articles about it? Because if you read the first 20 articles about it, you're probably in the top 1% in the world after reading those 20 articles about whatever the thing is than, than anyone else. Oh, we're having trouble meeting our deadlines. Okay, did you type in top project management systems? And did you read... Okay, this is what ClickUp does. This is what Monday does. This is what Trello does. This is what Airtable does. If you take two hours to read articles on those, all of a sudden, this is being on purpose. You're being purpose about actually trying to solve the problem and not defaulting to accepting the excuse of, 
well, someone didn't spoon feed me the answer, so I'm not going to do it. You say, I have this goal, which usually the best goals are, I want to help people. That's how you can empower yourself when you feel lazy. Because our amygdala, our, our, our animal brain is very lazy. We just want to survive and you know, eat and uh, replicate, basically, is all we want to do. And so if, we're, if we survived and we you know, potentially replicated yesterday, then we're going to do, we're going to default to that. That's all we're going to do. And your brain and your body does not want to go into you know, a discomfort zone, which is how you get better at anything. It does not want to read something new and then have this self-doubt of, well, I don't know what that is, or I don't understand that word. So now I have to read this new vocabulary word. I, I don't even want to confront that demon of my own, uh, my own lack of knowledge. So I, I'm not even going to confront it. And so I'm just going to kind of go through the motions. And this is why these first principles, these mindset soft skills are so much more important, in my opinion, than any hard skill, because hard skills will always change with software and you know, new, new technologies and new companies and whatever is really hot in Facebook advertising right now in 10 years won't exist. And so who cares? What really matters is first principles thinking and knowing that if I want to learn something, how do I learn something? And what are the objections that my own brain is going to have against learning that thing in advance, which is I don't want to do it because then I'm going to put myself out there and I'm not going to be good at it and I'm going to fail. And you know, I, I don't want to use the brain cells to really learn something new. So you already know that you're going to do that. And so in my opinion, a lot of it is attaching yourself, you know, Simon Sinek style to a bigger why, which is to someone else. I, I often challenge my team. I say, if I gave you a million dollars right now to solve this problem that 10 minutes ago you said was impossible. Are you going to find a solution for it right now? And of course, all of a sudden, you know, 10 minutes ago it was impossible. And now 10 minutes ago, it's done. They've Googled the right thing. They figured out the answer and they've solved it. Or I say the opposite where I say, imagine if uh, someone, who do you love? Like who's someone who you really love? Oh, you know, my niece or my nephew or something. Okay. What if I, what if by solving this problem, you gave them a full ride scholarship to university? Would you figure that out? Oh, all of a sudden you're inspired. And so a lot of times it's, I think people are not attaching. They don't, they don't realize how powerful they are if they just get out of their own way and, and, and be uh, I, in my, my office, I have uh, a quote that I can see. Uh, as soon as I walk into my office and it says leadership is sacrifice. And I think that a lot of people think that leadership is, you know, being on the spa and telling what people to do. And this old idea of, you know, the CEO that's overpaid. And in fact, it's leaders eat last, leaders get paid last, leaders have more responsibility, leaders uh, in, in the, the best case scenario are really trying to help the most people possible. And so, if you feel inspired by that, if you feel that energy, then you got to get out of your own way and just, you know, start living and, and, and producing for other people. Yeah, you do. And, and I think also one of the things that's really interesting is you have to forego instant gratification because anytime you're building something, and I think you can attest to this, it's just going to take longer than you think. There, there's so much to learn, so much to educate on yourself on. And, and I try to tell people all the time, like even like great podcast episodes or great books or great courses, if you only go through them one time, you're doing yourself a gigantic 
gigantic disservice because you will never it's the same as your analogy about playing guitar if you play guitar one time for five hours you will not be proficient if you play the guitar 100 times for five hours you'll probably start to have some mastery there right and and i think that people because innately Again, to your point, we don't like the struggle of going through the process. We would rather, that's why fast food's so fucking successful because you don't have to do anything but pull up in your car. You can eat in your car. You don't even have to get out of your car to satiate a need and a desire. And that desire is so built into us. It's so easy to be like, okay, cool. Double burger with cheese and fucking fries and a milkshake. Go sit over here, eat it, consume it, feel like crap, and then not do anything the rest of the day because you got the, the mouth pleasure of eight seconds but in in life and when it comes to goals and the things that you want to accomplish if you're willing to forego the gratification of the instantaneous what starts to happen is you're like wait a second maybe i can get an alignment for learning more consuming more growing more stepping deeper into this journey but you know jonathan i uh, something came to mind as you were speaking i thought to myself you know and this was something that i was guilty of seven, eight, nine years ago that I've now beat the habit of is I would I would read the books and I would listen to the podcast and I would watch the videos and I would go to the courses and I wouldn't do fucking anything with it. Like I would just be like, I am an avid consumer of knowledge. And I think that there's this really interesting pivot that I had in my own life that I see happen for a lot of people in which they step into execution. Talk about execution in a practical capacity when it comes to the creating your purpose in life yeah i think that you have to give yourself an arena to play in so the way that you learn anything the first is this is like the from deep work by cal newport the, the idea of deliberate practice uh which actually comes from anders erickson but the idea is that in order to learn something efficiently you have to first have the goal of what you're trying to learn right? Then you have to go into what's often called a deep work session where you're undistracted. You have to push yourself past your limit, not so far past that you're frustrated, but you're not playing the same song over and over and over again. You're playing the same song a little bit faster each time, right? So you're, you're pressing yourself a little bit. Then you're getting feedback from the world or hopefully from a mentor or coach or someone like that then you're using that feedback to start the process all over again. And you just keep that loop over and over and over again, right? So then once you reach a, a level of mastery, what I like to do is I test myself by teaching it to other people, right? So first is I go through that loop for myself. And then step two, I start to try to teach it to someone else. Then step three, when I understand or I feel like I can teach someone so that they can understand, and I'll often do this with my wife or, you know, with other executives on my team in the beginning when I'm just learning something. And then immediately, as quickly as possible, step three, I'll apply it in one of my businesses. Now, if you don't have, I, I understand the, the objection that's coming up. Well, what if I don't have a business or what if I, this is what I mean by creating an arena to play in, creating a, a goal that's in the real world. So if it has to do with physical fitness, this is why it's so important to, uh, if you're, let's say I, I running, so I use a lot of running analogies, but pay for the 5k or the 10k or the marathon, pay for it in advance. So give yourself a real, a goal. Now you're 
it's not just an idea. It's, it's there. If you're doing, uh, you know, CrossFit, pay the fee to the, uh, whatever CrossFit is the tournament or something, right? If it's, uh, if it's, let's say you want to start a business, put out on social media, give yourself some pressure, a deadline, make it public. Right. And, and you'll find that people, people love vulnerability. This is Brene Brown. Brene Brown, his, this, her entire career is built off of this because it's such an incredible and, and powerful idea that we worry that if we put ourselves out there publicly because our, our old tribal brain is worried about being kicked out of the tribe and if, because we're pack animals, if we're kicked out of the tribe, we literally die. <laughs> if you're, imagine a fire and a walled, a walled garden and everyone's hanging out there, and then you get excommunicated that you're out there by yourself, you're literally going to die. So this is why we're so afraid of being kicked out of the tribe and our place in the social hierarchy. We're worried about this, right? But in fact, in modern times, it's the exact opposite. So if you have, if, uh, imagine two people. One person comes up to you at a wedding and they whisper in your ear, I'm an incredible dancer. Watch, I'm going to go dance. Okay? And they go dance and they crush. They're world-class. They absolutely crush. Another person comes up to you and says, vulnerably, I'm actually not very good at dancing. I'm really scared of dancing, but I think I'm going to try today anyways. And then they go out there and they're terrible, but they told you, I'm going to try. Who do you respect more? Of course, you respect more the person that put themselves out there and was vulnerable. So we have to understand that nowadays, putting yourself out there and saying, hey, these are my goals, creating an arena for yourself with some real stakes and some real deadlines and whatever it may be. One, it forces your hand, but it also, two, you, it has, what will happen is the opposite of what you think it will happen, is that people will, there'll be an outpouring of support from both friends, but also even potential mentors. So you gotta, you gotta create the stakes, even if they don't exist. It's easy for me because I just, we have paid media and I say, oh, I'm gonna change this, I'm gonna try that. And, the stakes are I'm spending money on it and it's, I got to get data real fast. Otherwise, you know, we're not going to get an ROI on whatever we're doing. So the stakes are easy for me, but for someone else, you got to, you got to create them. Hey, Unbroken Nation, we'll be right back to the show, but I wanted to let you know that you can grab a copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma for free. If you go to book.thinkunbroken.com, you can download the PDF ebook version of the book and get everything that I know about the baseline of healing trauma for free downloaded to your email right now. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to download your copy of Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma for a PDF for your phone. Again, that is book.thinkunbroken.com. Yeah, but I, I would guess, Jonathan, the stakes haven't always been easy for you, right? Because you've had to go like anyone, you go through the process, it's iterative, and you find yourself in this position of, all right, here we are, step one, day one, I'm going to go and attack this thing, like to your point about debate in school, like, you're probably shitting your pants, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Just putting words in your mouth. But you know, that's what I think about too. the, the first time I've been on stages, the first time I wrote a book, the first time I had a podcast, it was like, 
fuck just do it anyway and and i think honestly there's to some extent like a level of convincing yourself like and on the back side of that not only convincing yourself not only being vulnerable not only putting the date out there but but the follow-through because i think that the only way and, and i'd love to know your thoughts on this you know you talk about getting this place of building a zone of genius one i would like you to break that down for us but two what i'm curious about leading into that would i be correct in a assuming that finding your zone of genius is an iterative process? A hundred percent. I love the idea of the Greeks had this idea that you didn't, you weren't a genius, you had a genius. So everyone had a genius. And the idea, it was, they, they, they personified it like a little angel on your shoulder. So everyone would have a genius. You just need to tap into it. A lot of famous poets talk about this as well, where they say that they don't even know how they write what they write. They just tap into the the energy and it flows. But they have to they have to sit down and 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 put in the work. And eventually, sometimes they tap into their genius. And the idea is that in order to find that moment of brilliance, right? I'll give you an example. Albert Einstein. What is he known for, right? He's known for a couple equations. Think about your entire life. Life is short, but also to an extent, life is long. There's a lot of things that happen in your life, right? Imagine the only thing that happened in your life was this one equation. And it, it came to him in a moment. It really did. There was an aha moment. And he wrote it down. And then, of course, he said, okay, let's reverse engineer it and let's figure it out. But it took him a long, 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 long time to have that one spike. So I think the same, he was, uh, he was, I was just reading a, a book about him and they thought he had to go to a special school because he wasn't able to talk very well. And he wasn't even really that good at math. He was more of a big ideas guy and he had, he needed mathematicians to help improve his concepts because he wasn't even that good at math. The point is that it took a long, long time of iterating and practicing and and deliberately practicing and trying lots of different things and going against the grain, even when people doubted him. And you see this all the time with writers that are known for one book. Okay, you wrote one book. Maybe it took you two years. Well, you were alive for 80 years. So the other 78 years, you were you were you were not writing that book, right? So it it takes you have to like lower the pressure, I think. It's it's weird. You have to there's a book called Billionaire Brain, and, and it says that billionaires are able to uh, have seemingly paradoxical or dichotomous beliefs in their brain at the same time, right? So if you want to find your zone of genius, you both have to uh, be okay with, uh, you know, kind of iterating and failing all the time uh, and knowing that you don't really know. <clears throat> And just being okay with that. Uh, but also, at the same time, you have to increase the stakes. So on the one hand, it's like, ah, it doesn't matter. I'm just practicing. You know, I'm going to figure it out, right? Lower the stakes on this side. But on the other side, while you're doing the thing, you have to go all in. Because that's how you, become, that's how you attain mastery. So you have to take a, a full swing. You might take thousands of full swings, but each swing needs to be a full swing. And I think if you can balance those two ideas in your brain at the same time, eventually you're going to have an aha moment or a series of aha moments that will coalesce hopefully into 
you finding whatever your zone of genius is. I think that also there's this idea. I, I think that people create uh, false dichotomies. Going back actually full circle to one of the first things that you said, where people will have lots of what they consider disparate skills. And they say, oh, you know, I'm kind of shallow in all of them. I was, I was in Egypt. And I was talking to a lady who runs a, a school for uh, basically teaching uh, advertising in Egypt. It was in Cairo. And she came up to me afterwards very humbly because she was a teacher there. And she said, hey, I have this problem. So I have, I'm good at advertising. I'm good at HR. And, but I really want to be a, a teacher. And she said, so which should I choose? And I said, your competitive advantage where you may be top 10% in the world of advertising. You may be, let's say, top 20% in HR. And you might be top 25% at teaching, right? But if you combine those three into one position, you may be top 1% or top 1% of the 1%. Because that, the, the middle of that Venn diagram is your sweet spot. That is your zone of genius. That's where... So instead of thinking, well, uh, you know, I really like video editing, but in my free time, I like, you know, uh, uh, science fiction, right? And then I like uh, coaching. Okay. Well, is there is there a way to to find a middle there, right? Can you teach other people how to do video editing using science fiction as an example, right? Now all of a sudden you have you. And the, the, the thing that people will buy, especially nowadays, is authenticity. So don't be afraid of, of really digging into who you are. Man, that, that's, I'm so glad that you said that. And the reason why is I think about Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish Gambino. And that dude is a modern-day renaissance man. I, I yep. cannot think of anyone else who does as much as him because he's tapping into the things that bring him joy. And, and sometimes I sit here and I look at it, I go, okay, well, I'm a leadership coach and I'm a podcast host and I, I own retail companies and I'm a childhood trauma survivor and I've done all these things. But guess what, dude? What I realized about six years ago is like, what happens if I put them all together? And, and it's been this really, really interesting journey. And what it's done for me personally, it's created more authenticity in my life life. It's helped me, for lack of a better phrase, know thyself at a deeper scope, because I realize we, we often try to pigeonhole ourselves into this idea of what we should do, what we should be, how we should operate. And I think if you look at the greatest minds, the greatest inventors, creators, stars, celebrities, business owners, entrepreneurs, they all do different things. Like Mark Cuban does not only own companies. He does Shark Tank. He owns the Dallas uh, Mavericks. He does all these different things. And you, and you think and he goes, why would you put yourself into a corner? Why would you do that to yourself? And so I'm curious, how do you, in your own life, where has this played out for you? I like to just say yes to everything for a short term. I think that's the way I like to dabble. And I'll, I have so many Shopify stores that are completely ready to go and are just from the outside world. If you looked at them, you'd think, wow, this is a proper brand. And I just never really pushed it. I, there was something else that was, uh, 
had a higher ROI at the time, but I went through the motions. So I have like a running, uh, running store. My cousins are from Detroit and we, they really got into Detroit coming back. And so we made a line for Detroit and, and Michigan. Cause I went to the university of Michigan as well. Uh, my wife is a music producer and we made her a merch line with all of, you know, I have a friend who, uh, I helped uh, her build a, a store for her, her art and her writing. And, and none of that is, I wouldn't, it's not even on the list of the top 20 things that I'm doing, but I went through the motions for a month or two. Right. And I built it out and then I, you know, handed it off to someone else. And if it makes a little bit of money, it makes a little bit of money, but I'm not going to overthink it. I know, you know, I know how I'm, uh, I'm putting food on the table. And so I'm going to double down on the things, you know, the companies right now that are scaling and that's fine, but that doesn't mean that I don't feel like I can't dabble. That doesn't mean that I can't, I have a bunch of podcast episodes. I haven't really launched a podcast, but I've been on podcasts. I really enjoy it. I think, Hey, that would be fun in the, in the future to maybe do a podcast. So let me go through the motions. Let me set up the camera. Let me put on the, the audio and let's go through it. And if I ever come to it, if I come back to it and want to really take it seriously, then I will. But I just say yes to things. And uh, I, I I trust the universe that it'll all, I, I try to live by first principles and be a good person and work hard and stay disciplined and the things that I know that I should do and I have to do every single day. But beyond that, I try not to put too much pressure on myself and just try things out. Yeah. And, and I'll put words in your mouth if you don't mind. It sounds to me like you give yourself permission to change your mind. It's like, exactly. It's like fucking totally fine. Right. I mean, yeah. I think that's uh, to me, one of the greatest sense of self of zone of genius of purpose of every is like, you can change your mind. Like I say all the time, if I wake up one day and even though I've dedicated six years plus of my life to this, I'm like, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm going to just go do something else. And it's like, that's okay. Like you don't have to, it's like, I think about it in terms of like marriages, you see these marriages not work and you go, yeah, okay. Divorce rates high, but you know what? Maybe it's for the best. Maybe you don't have to suffer through raising the kids and college and all that other shit. Maybe it's for the best. And most of the time it is. I mean, obviously that's an easy low hanging fruit example, but you know, I, I think I come to that quite often because it just makes sense to me that you, if you have the willingness to be vulnerable and truthful with yourself, you'll discover the reality that actually maybe that thing you thought you were interested in, you don't give a shit about. A hundred percent. And if you're really self-aware, you may, especially if you go through therapy where you're, you're, they're asking you lots of questions and you, you get to the origin of maybe why you started the thing. Maybe you started the thing for maybe not very good reasons. And you forgot that you started the thing or you thought you liked it because of some pressure or you were really playing another person's game, whether it's society or your parents or whatever it may be. Uh, and so. Yeah, hundred percent. That this is what science is, right? Like, if your beliefs are not falsifiable, then who said it? I think it's have your your belief should be firmly held, but no, your your belief should be firm but loosely held, something like that. Where the idea is that if you're going to argue, understand why you believe what you believe, know why you're why you believe what you believe. But if new evidence comes about, 
and someone convinces you of the opposite, okay. It, it, it's, it's completely weird to me to be stuck on what, even if your brain thinks in the moment, oh, that's actually a good point. But because you're worried about your identity, basically being attached to this idea or this concept or this mask that you're currently wearing. And it, that's a very, uh, it's not a very strong identity. If your identity is attached to your career or some belief system or you know, a political party or whatever it is, it's, it's kind of quicksand. Whereas if your identity is attached to things like, uh, I am someone who learns, or I am someone who pushes myself when I'm scared. I am someone who uh, tries to help other people. I am someone who tries to find the right answer rather than be right. Mm -hmm. These types of things, they're meta, and therefore you're sort of untouchable if you create your core values based on these. They're, they seem like they're less foundational, but they're in fact more foundational. Yeah, they're they're actually the essence of life, I think, because when you when you put yourself in that position of creating the framework of understanding who you are, then you filter literally every choice and decision that you make in your life through those value systems, through those those boundaries, those wants, those needs, those interests. You know, Jonathan, I, I think one of the things that I, I come to quite often is when I have conversations like this and I I'm sit across from someone who's had so much success in their life, I can't help but think there's been a lot of lessons to success, a lot of, a lot of like smashing your face against the keyboard moments. What if I want to ask you this question and, and if you can make it practical, fine. If not, that's totally understandable, but what do you think has led to your success? That's a deep question. I think I, from the time I was very young, felt, I've unlocked this from therapy. I think I felt pressure to uh, get validation from my parents and particularly my father. And this is common. And um, yeah, and so I, I had a series of uh, outward goals that I would have, whether they were through sports or academics or you know certain competitions where you could really keep score. So you could point to it and say, "Hey, look, I was first place," or "Hey, I won," or that sort of thing. Right, and that I think is the beginning of it. Uh, I remember, if you remember the physical fitness award or presidential physical fitness award from public schools uh, in this little school I went to in Ohio. I remember in first grade being at a uh, at an award ceremony and there was only one person who was a fifth grader who had got the presidential physical fitness all five years. And so I thought in my brain, ooh, I'm gonna, this is, this is an exceptional award, obviously. There's a, he's the only person in the entire grade to get it. And it takes, uh, delayed gratification, you know, to your point. And it's five years. And so there's something probably innate in me, uh, probably in my DNA, but also I think I was trying to you know, find validation and love for my father. And so I thought if I do this in the, in the, in the world, uh, if I get this award that no one else gets, if I get a 4.0, if I go to this university, if I'm the captain of the speech and debate team, if I, 
if I, if I, if I, right. Um, you know, basically conditional love feeling if I meet the conditions. Uh, and then I, what happened is that I, in order to do those things, I started reading very, very young age, people like Tony Robbins or Jim Rohn when I was really young. And so I got into this idea of like, there's a pattern here. Like there's, there's a reason why chefs that are really great are similar to LeBron James are similar to Bill Gates. Like there's something that they have in common, right? And similar to Oprah or whatever, whoever your, your person is. And so I started uh, in high school trying to, to, to figure out how to do that. Basically the meta, how to accomplish any goal. And I got sort of obsessed with that. And that led to different games being played. So instead of trying to win the state championship with speech and debate, it turned into reaching a certain uh, milestone of number of customers and sales and that sort of thing. So the, the game, the, the metrics of the game change, but I think that the origin of it is you know, probably not that interesting. It's just trying to feel accepted and feeling loved and, and, uh, and all of that. But I, I think now, you know, I've gone through enough therapy to know that, that now my, my big why is not to, tr or I hope it's not to try to get validation, but it's to, to be a vessel and help more people. And I'll say this from my own personal experience that, that outward validation just, it never will satiate like the thirst that you have you you will lap that water until the cows come home <laughs> and you will still have thirst you know i i, I discovered that and, and that's held more true the the more that i step into being on bigger stages and more podcasts and books and stuff like that you know and i, I remember as a kid i'd be like i would come home i, I played sports too and, and not having parents but instead being adopted i would bring home like wrestling medals or trophies i'm like look what i did I, i'll tell you a very embarrassing story so i'm like i'm like 17 and i just won the city wrestling tournament and there was this girl i had the biggest fucking crush on ever and i had this medal and i went and I, dude this is so embarrassing i went and i sat down next to her and i was just like look what i did <laughs> and her response was like dude get the fuck away from me and, and 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 that was this really interesting moment i had super young to realize like validation starts with you now i think that it's a journey to getting to that conclusion and people will even listen to this and like okay whatever and then you'll sit in it one day because you'll have this weird experience and you'll recognize the truth that you know it really does start with the decisions that you make about how you determine how you feel about yourself and and that you are the universe and ultimately if you're willing to be okay with that and recognize like some people fucking don't like you some people do like you and it has nothing to do with you either way you'll actually get this really interesting sense of freedom now you, you mentioned something and i, I want to go back to here for a second you you said that when you were working at zusk you had this amazing mentorship what role did that play in your life? And and talk about just mentorship in general. Yeah, just to clarify, my mentor was the founder of Zeusk. And then we were working at a company called MentorBox, but that's, he's one of his biggest wins, and just in case he's listening to this. So the, 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 yeah, mentorship, I think was, what happened very specifically is because I had 
a lot of book mentors. I had a lot of virtual mentors. So this is when Impact Theory first came out. You know, I know you've had Tom on the on the podcast. I became obsessed with Tom Bilyeu. I became obsessed with everything that Ryan Holiday was putting out, like just lots of virtual mentors. And I would buy all the courses and listen to all the podcasts and read all of the books. And so I would put myself in their mind when I was sort of mentoring myself relative to what I was doing. So I would write something or I would build something. And then I would say, okay, what would, what would Tom say? Let, let me put on the hat, the alter ego effect, right? Like, let me put on his hat. What would he say? And so I would play this, basically play chess with myself. And that was helpful because that's where I was. But then I got in the real, the real world of Silicon Valley, downtown San Francisco, VCs, lots of money, lots of stakes, super high pressure. And under one of the best entrepreneurs, you know, I would argue of our generation, he rang the bell and the New York Stock Exchange, you know, that only happens 250 times a year. It's 250 people in the entire world you know, every year do that. You're, you're in rarefied air. And so when I was mentoring under him, I basically had to start playing at multiples higher than I was playing at immediately, right? So I think that what happened was I was on a trajectory, but it forced me to play at such a higher level so, so fast. It's like if you're playing in high school and you go to division three or you're playing in high school and you go to division one or you're playing in high school and you play at Kentucky is very different or you're playing in high school and then you go straight to the NBA. These are different worlds, even though each one is if you went from high school to division three, that is a, another level. So I felt like I was maybe a division three. I was pretty good. And then I went to the pros and it forced me to really not care or it didn't give me the freedom to think about how I felt about it. Like I didn't have any, uh, it, it didn't matter how I felt. The, the, the thing was, had to be done now and the stakes were now. And so I sort of, to be frank, blacked out for about, about two years in terms of my personal life, right? Uh, I just worked and, uh, but that saw was being sharpened so fast. So talk about learning something and then being in the arena and applying it in the arena. It's just, uh, Tom Bill, you said this in a, in a post just the other day, he said, this is super controversial, but he said that, that you have to work smart, work hard and work long hours. And he said the long hours is it's controversial because people that work smart don't want to necessarily want to work long hours. He says, but if you want to compete with me, I'm doing all three. So if you do two out of the three, I'm going to beat you. And I felt like for those two years, I had to do all three. So it, beyond what I learned tactically, I think it was just trying to keep up. That was, that was the biggest thing. 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of benefit to trying to keep up, right? If, if you're willing to not beat yourself up about it, which I think can be this really fine line about the experience, and you're like, okay, I'm going to dive in, I'm going to go hard, I'm going to work 14 hours a day, I'm going to go Monday through Sunday, every single day, 24-7, eventually, like, this crazy fucking thing happens and your dreams come true. And, yeah. and I, I think that's one of the things that people, I, I mean, if I could give anybody anything, it would be that level, you know, and, and for me early on, my my dreams coming true were just healing, feeling better about my life and and loving myself. And dude, I did my 10,000 hours in a year therapy, coaching, books, podcasts, money invested. And, you know, it was incredible to watch my life just kind of transform because when you put yourself in those positions, you're shortcutting the amount of time and suffering it takes to learn what somebody already knows. Jonathan, my friend, this conversation has been incredible. I think we could talk for hours, man. Um, but before I ask you my last question, can you tell everyone where they can find you? I'm most active on instagram so just at jonathan kendall brilliant and we'll put the link in the show notes for the audience my last question for you my friend what does it mean to you to be unbroken this is a great question my background before digital marketing was in copywriting and so i'm deconstructing it in the present tense and the past tense in my brain so unbroken meaning in the in the short term it's sort of a, an identity. I am, I'm an unbroken or, or like Nassim Taleb uh, says anti-fragile. It kind of feels like that to me where you, if I, I get a cut, I'll come back stronger. Right. So that, that's sort of the present tense, but I'd like the idea of deconstructing it as a, as something uh, from the past. So I was broken and now I am not broken. I am unbroken. And I don't know if that's how you thought about it when you uh, titled this, but I like the idea. It feels to me, especially the theme of this, of this podcast and the show, it feels like maybe you were once broken or you have felt broken in the past and you can become unbroken. You can, uh, you can turn the corner and you don't always have to be, you, you don't always have to be broken by taking the right steps slowly but surely and being in the right community, you can become unbroken. So that's how I, that's how I view it. Brilliantly said, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. Unbroken Nation, thank you so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, tell a friend. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see ya. We'll be right back to the show, my friend, but I wanted to let you know about our brand new podcast community for Think Unbroken Podcast. I know that for so many trauma survivors like myself, for the longest time, I felt alone, like nobody got it, nobody understood, and that I was just going to have to figure this out on my own. But that's not true. And the reason why we created our brand new Think Unbroken Academy podcast community is so that we can bring all the members of the Unbroken Nation together in a place where we can learn, grow, heal, change, and transform our trauma into triumph. I would love to have you come and be a part of the brand new community. Just check out thinkunbrokenacademy.com or click the link in the podcast description. And I cannot wait to see you there, my friend. Again, just head over to thinkunbrokenacademy.com. And until then, be unbroken. Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. 
Please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would, please take five seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify, hit that five star, leave a review. And you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at Think Unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends. And until next time, be unbroken. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a wait list for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.